Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck Today Check podcast. Today, in this episode, we are going to be talking about best practices for pricing your items. So our podcast has its own private Facebook group. Um, you know, in order to join, if you've joined already, um, you've already gone through this, but we ask that if you're going to join the group, you just agree to the group rules and then you can, you know, join the community. We talk often about like things that we're struggling with in there, successes that we've had, things that we need help with. But one of the most common questions that we get in there, um, and also like when people DM us, out, you know, outside of the group is, how to price their items. So it's definitely something that can be challenging since, you know, looking up sold comps isn't always a solid concrete answer, especially if you're selling on Poshmark because they don't use, um, they don't use dates really on their sold items. And when you look up sold items on Poshmark, it's not necessarily the price that's shown what it sold for isn't necessarily the price it sold for. So if it's sold, if that item sold in a bundle and you had a bundle discount, that bundle discount does not reflect in the sold price that shows up on Poshmark. So there's all these things to take into consideration, but today we're going to go through some of the best practices that Liz and I both use, and hopefully you guys can get some tips and strategies on how to price your own items. Yeah, I think the first thing is using similar listings to price your items. So, I mean, everything has a value. I think it is more challenging when you're reselling because you're selling a lot of times used items. So what is, I mean, you can find the value of, you know, what is it at Target or Walmart? Like, what's it going for? But when you're listing it as used, like, what do you price it at? Like, you you don't want to price it too high. You don't want to price it too low because a lot of, times if you're pricing it really low then other people are going to see that and then there's kind of kind of be a race to the bottom and that kind of devalues the items so you want to price it high enough to where it's competitive you're going to make money things like that Um, so i think the biggest thing is what's the condition of your item so like look at if it is going to be a used item what's the condition of it let's take a pair of you know used nike shoes are they in really good condition? Are there any scuff marks? Like, are there any stains? Like, what is the condition of your item? And if it is pretty much like new, then you probably want to list it close to like what new items are selling, maybe a couple dollars lower. So that way people are more likely to buy your item than the new item. And then also you need to make sure that you are photographing your items to where they're showing any defects, anything that's wrong with the item make it look as if the person is holding it in their hand. I think one of the biggest pet peeves I have is when I'm a shopper and I'm going online and I look at an item and then I order it and I get it and it looks absolutely nothing like the photo because nobody wants to have something show up and it doesn't look like it really is in real life. Another thing, if you are listing items really low, sometimes to me, it makes me feel like there's something wrong with the item. So if I have that pair of Nike shoes and I see a listing for $50 and then I see one for $20, I'm going to think there is something wrong with that item. So that's why it is really important to make sure that you are listing it like the other conditions that are out there. When you're pricing your items, you're going to want to check. We kind of touch on this right at the beginning, but checking sold comps to see what the pricing is and also what the sell-through rate is. Again, on Poshmark, this is going to be a little bit more challenging. But what I will say is that when I started to realize that Poshmark wasn't um, super accurate in their sold comps, 
I downloaded the eBay app and I would start checking what the sold comps were for that item on eBay. Now, this isn't going to be like the end-all be-all, and I'm not saying that you should use it 100% of the time every single time. There are you know, certain things that will fetch a higher price on eBay versus Poshmark, higher price on Poshmark versus eBay, depending on your customer who sees it. There's all these factors that go into it, right? But it will give you a lot more solid data on eBay than on Poshmark. So if you're solely a Poshmark seller or solely a Mercari seller, I would definitely suggest downloading the eBay app and using that for your research. Even if you don't intend on selling there ever, it's really a good tool to have just for research purposes. It is good to, if you are going to be listing an item, look at the different platforms because they do sell differently. We sell a lot of golf clubs on eBay. I actually listed a few this weekend on Poshmark and listed them for higher than what we have on eBay. And we sold one already on Poshmark. You also have to know like what are, what's the audience on the different platforms because the Poshmark buyer is going to be different than the eBay buyer. It's going to be different than the Amazon buyer. So really, if you're trying to figure out what to price items, it could also, a factor could be where are you listing those items? And eBay does, like you said, make, they make it really easy to look at sold comps. Another thing to to think about is not everybody who is selling on eBay is an actual reseller. So if you see an item that is listed and it's not listed for much, that could be because somebody is listing it and they, they have no idea. They're not a reseller. They're just selling it because they want to make a little extra money. So just because you see something priced really low doesn't mean that you need to also follow that person and price it really low. Like if you see other people pricing the item higher, I would probably list it closer to the higher items. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. I always tend to price my items a little bit on the higher side because my thoughts are I would rather take the chance of selling it to someone at the higher price versus like undervaluing the item. Um, I can always lower the price. It's kind of a pain in the butt to like go through and like relist an item and change the, you know, the price back up to, you know, $50 versus like $30, et cetera. So I would rather start high and see if it'll sell for, you know, a couple of days to a week at that price. And I can always lower it until I find a buyer for it. Yeah. And that goes into like the next thing. Pricing needs to also factor in your expenses. So think about your cost of goods, your shipping costs, your fees, your time. So you don't want to price your items to where you're going to be losing money. Because you do have to factor in how much did you pay for that item? If you bought that pair of Nike shoes for $20 and you're going to list it for $20, you're not making any money. So you want to make sure that whatever you're buying too, that you can price it high enough to where you're going to be able to make the money. And we do price ours a little higher because we want to make sure that we have enough room to run sales. We always do promoted listings on eBay and even on Poshmark, like we have our items priced high because we will do discounts. So if you buy, you know, two or more items, you might save 30% or maybe we'll send an offer and that'll be 10 to 15% lower and also give them a shipping discount. So that's another thing reason why you don't want to price mid-range. I feel like I would rather price a couple dollars higher and have that room to be able to then um, factor in any sales or discounts that I'll give. All right. So let's talk quick about whether you should charge shipping or build it into your price. I think, you know, I've always offered free shipping on eBay, but 
I don't offer it on Poshmark. Um, my, my thoughts on Poshmark is that, you know, the buyer has been kind of trained to pay for shipping on Poshmark. That's just sort of how the platform is. Um, I also don't offer shipping discounts on Poshmark. That's just me. I'll, you know, if I throw an item in a bundle to offer a discount on the item, I will do that. Um, but I don't, I don't offer shipping discounts because I just, I haven't factored that into my price on Poshmark. Um, on eBay though, I offer free shipping on pretty much everything. Um, and lately I've decided that I'm going to change that strategy a little bit just based on like some of the trends and like things that I'm seeing and sort of like learning about eBay customers. I think that they're, you know, they're smarter than then we give them credit for. And they're realizing, you know, they're realizing that we're just like upping the price that we have the item listed for and building the shipping cost into the price we have it listed for. So they're, you know, they're catching on to this. They're, they're not, they know this, they're realizing this. You still have to be competitive price-wise because these buyers, they know how to use the filters on eBay, on the app, on desktop, whatever. And they're going to, you know, maybe they'll sort through these items uh, you know, lowest to highest. So if they're, you know, smart enough, educated enough to know how to use the filters and your item is going to be in the top tier range of price because you have the shipping, you know, added into it, they're, they're not going to buy your item. So I think that, you know, I need to go back through and kind of edit some of my listings where I do have the shipping uh, added into it. But this is why it's so important to take into consideration the items that you're purchasing, what you're buying them for, um, utilizing things like Rakuten, Top Cashback, if you're doing RA or OA. Well, I guess it would just be OA. Using things like Rakuten and Top Cashback, those apps, you know, they'll, they'll give you cashback when you buy items on certain websites. Um, when you're doing online arbitrage, I think it's important to make sure that you're using everything possible to lower your cost of goods as much as you possibly can. Um, buy low, sell Heinz, our friend Matt on Instagram, he talks all the time about using, you know, Kohl's cash and gift cards and stuff like that. It's listen, there's a science to it. And I feel like he, he just needs like a whiteboard. Like we need like math time with Matt or something because He's got it figured out. He's got it down to a T, like when to go sourcing at Kohl's, how to use the gift cards combined with the Kohl's cash. It, it's a whole thing. He does it so well and he's practiced it for so long that he knows that he's getting his items at the minimal possible price that he can. Maybe he's not building the shipping cost into the item because he's purchased the item for so low that he, he doesn't have to do that. But he's still, you know, he's competitive then on the platforms that he's selling on because he doesn't have to do that. His caught, you know, his items listed for a fair price. He's still making a profit and the buyer's happy about the shipping. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration and factors that go into it. Which ironically, you say that you offer free shipping on eBay. We offer free shipping on pretty much first class items. So mm -hmm. I figured, you know, a lot of those items are that we sell are going to be like t-shirts and polo shirts and things like that. So we actually charge shipping on items that are heavier because we want to make sure that we are covered. And I don't really see a difference in sales. Uh, this weekend, we had like 30 items sell, which is you know pretty good for us. And then a couple items on Poshmark and Macari. I don't see a huge difference whether you charge shipping or not. I think the biggest thing is just make sure that if you are going to charge shipping or if you're going to 
you know, offer free shipping that you do make a profit when you price your items. So I really don't yeah. think it matters either way. Yeah. And you know, what works for us might not work for you. What I think the, the main takeaway, the main point is here about the whole shipping, charging, free ship, whatever, is you need to do testing yourself on your items in your store, in your closet, whatever it is. And you need to constantly be testing that, you know, if, if it's worked well for you, if, having free shipping has worked well for you up until like me up until recently. And all of a sudden things are changing a little bit like, well, maybe it's time to do some more testing. Maybe you take half your listings and you do shipping and half you don't and you test it like that. And then you flip flop them, you know, and see what sells and see what doesn't. Um, But I think it's important to always be to always be learning in your business and testing things out to see what works best for you. So just because, you know, I say something or just because Liz says something doesn't mean that it's again, the end all be all, and that's what you should do. We're kind of just giving you options and ideas about what works for us. And what we really want you to do is to take that information and try it out. And if it doesn't work, try something different. You want to, you know, have the confidence to go ahead and try something try something different, try something that we haven't talked about yet. You know, you just need to be learning and testing and fiddling with things and tinkering until you find out what works best for you. And it doesn't mean that that it's going to stay the same forever. You know, things change. These platforms are always evolving and changing. So making sure that you're evolving and changing with them is very important. In the end, buyers want the, they want to feel like they got a deal. They want to feel like they got the best price possible. So they want the lowest price. They want the best price. So you set your price for your item, but sometimes if you offer a coupon, you give discounts for buying multiple items, make sure you factor that in when you're pricing your item. Because if you are going to, in the end, like I said before, I offer discounts on stuff and I'll run a markdown sale on eBay for like maybe the weekend and give 10 to 15% off. But I want to make sure like I have those items priced to where I can factor that item in. And sometimes you can price an item like let's say we have those pair of Nike shoes that I've used as an example. And we price them at $50, but really we know we're going to probably get $30 for them. $50, but then if you offer a discount, it gives that buyer an idea that they're getting a really good deal because they're getting that item on sale. And a lot of people like deals. They search for items that are on sale or if there's any shipping discounts, they just want to see that. It really, it it almost entices people to buy things. And that's one good thing about eBay is you can also do the send offers to buyers. So when somebody watches your item, let's say they watch that pair of Nike shoes, I will know that they're watching it and I can send an offer to that buyer, try to persuade them to buy that item. Maybe I'm going to offer $5 off or 20% off. You know, you're sending an offer and what you're doing is you're just trying to close the sale. So that's another thing to factor in when you are pricing your item, make sure that you are pricing it high enough to where you have enough room if you need to send discounts or offers. Okay. So this kind of goes back to, you know, sell through rate, which we talked about before. If your item is going to sell fast, you could probably price it a little bit above the average sale price. If your (laughs) item doesn't sell for, you know, about a year, then you've probably priced it too high. Even if, you know, it's one of those longer tail items. Again, you know, let's talk about in a previous episode, we talked about how Goodwill 
prices their items and they're they're starting out high, right? It's because they, they want to get the most amount of money for their items as they can, but they have a liquidation strategy. They have a, a system that these items go through. So it, it's important for, you know, not just them, but it's important for you as a business owner to have a similar strategy. How are you going to discount these items and how long are you willing to sit on them for? You have to take into account how much space you have, how much money you have tied up in the item, like how much time I guess you have invested, right? So how much space you have, you know, how much space is that item taking up? You have to store it. Um, the amount of money that you have tied up in it, if you know it's a couple dollars, it might not matter. But if you do that over and over and over again, it's going to start to matter. Um, and also how much time you have invested into the item. So that's, you know, on Poshmark, for example, you're sharing this item over and over and over again. Maybe you're relisting it, rephotographing it, whatever the case might be. You've got a little bit of time tied up into this item. So making sure that you're pricing it based on, and we can't answer this question for you. It depends on a lot of personal factors, but how long you're willing to sit on items, you need to make that decision for yourself and your business and kind of stick to that, you know, and come up with a system or strategy to move items through your business. Lately, I have, so we had a friend that gave us a bunch of his eBay inventory and not that he was getting out of uh, selling on eBay, but he had a storage unit and he's like, I need this stuff out because I'm tired of paying on the storage unit and I just need the stuff to, you know, I, I need to get rid of it. So we happily went and, and grabbed a bunch of his stuff and it was like this big stack of t-shirts. And this was back when you could go and get good t-shirts at Goodwill. Now it's like very rare that you find good stuff. I mean, he had like a bunch of concert tees and things like that, but then there were some t-shirts where it's like, they're just kind of like, they're not worth anything. They're just stuff you can get probably at Kohl's, you know, just regular graphic tees. Um, so what I did was I just went in, listed them, put them for like $12 and then didn't even do um, best offer or anything. So there's some items where I knew like they probably would sell, but I want to sell them quick and I, I just want them out of here. So I priced them pretty low and I just offered free shipping, you know, the lowest price that I was willing to list it at. So we would actually make a couple dollars because the cost of goods on those shirts were free. You know, we didn't have to pay anything. So there's items like that. So really you have to also factor in like, where did you get the items? If you're paying a top dollar for items, then obviously you're going to want to price them pretty high. But if you're getting stuff for free, like, do you want to sit on them for a year or do you want to just get rid of them? So that's another thing to factor in is how long do you want to sit on this type of inventory? So the next thing to also consider, I know there's people who will buy things and then they will list it pretty high. I've seen messages that resellers have posted from buyers saying, is this the real price? Or, you know, I can buy this elsewhere. So knowing also the retail value of your item, if you have an item, like maybe you list it on eBay for $50, but the buyer can go to Amazon and get it for 40. So sometimes it's knowing like the retail value of items. I know that every platform is different. You know, some people pay up on Amazon just for the convenience and they might do that as well on eBay, but really knowing the retail value of your item Make sure that you're pricing it reasonably to where somebody's not going to go somewhere else to purchase it. And the last thing that we have for you guys to take into consideration is if you have a rare or unique item. Liz, what would your strategy be if you found like a crazy unique item that might be a little bit hard to find sold comps on? What would you do? I would price it and I would start it really, really high. So we had this board game that we found when we were RVing full time. We went to a 
random Goodwill thrift store in Sweetwater, Texas, and it was called Civilization. It was from 1983, I believe. So it was a very rare item. And we listed it for $100 plus shipping. And we even had buyers reach out to us. They're like, where did you find this game? Like, (laughs) I have never seen it since the 80s. Like, how did you find it? And it was still in the regular wrap. It was coming apart a little bit, but it was brand new. We ended up selling it for $90. We took a best offer for $90. So I think some things, if they really are extremely rare, you can go ahead and put a higher price tag on it. I'd rather list it at $100 and then eventually lower the price after time down to whatever it ends up selling for. There's certain items that you'll list and they'll sell right away. And it's like, did I price it right or did I price it too low? So I feel like you sometimes don't want to price it too low. So I would always price it higher. Yeah, definitely. And I've also heard, you know, I don't sell antiques. My parents used to, and this was back in the day when, you know, pretty much everything was auctions and you could send someone a check for your item and then they ship it out to you. It was a different world back then, but you know, there's still these antique sellers that they, they follow and stuff like that. And a lot of them, if they come across a rare item, they'll set it up on eBay as an auction and kind of let, you know, make sure your listing is very good, amazing pictures and kind of let the market dictate what, you know, what the item is worth. Obviously, if, you know, you make an error in the listing, you're taking a chance there that it might sell a little undervalued. I've also seen that work out really, really well. Uh, Jen Thrift to Travel, she found uh, kind of an older, a rare Ray Dunn piece. I think it was two years ago or three years ago now. She talks about it sometimes, but she was having trouble figuring out what she wanted to price it at. So she just threw it up on eBay as an auction and she sold it for some insane amount of money. And it that worked out really, really well for her. So that's also another strategy that you could, you could use if you find something that's pretty unique or, or rare. Yeah. Auctions, just make sure you do have the option on eBay to set a reserve price. Mm-hmm. So that's where if I were to find something really rare and run an auction, because I haven't had much success with auctions, but if I were to, I would set a reserve price, put a hundred bucks or whatever it may be, whatever the item is, because I wouldn't want to sell something and know that somebody got a really, really good deal. Like obviously, like you want the market to dictate it, but also setting that reserve price allows you to avoid selling something for really, really low. 